from the Mercy One Studio. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imogene Ingredients. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. It's time to hear from the top Christian litigators in the nation who have come forward to tell us the truth and help us defend our faith. Hear ye, hear ye. All rise. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano is in session. And good Thursday morning from the Mercy One Studios in West Des Moines. I'm Deacon Mike Mano here with Gina Knoll. Good morning, Gina. How are you? Good morning, Deacon. I'm doing very well. Thank you. I think we're going to have kind of an interesting program today, well, <laughs> as we usually do. I mean, this the thing with the Supreme Court kind of fell right into our lap here. It did, yeah. and it will give us much opportunity over the next few weeks. I want it to will. encourage our listeners to tune in because we will talk about all the implications of um, um uh, the Justice Ruth uh, Ginsburg uh, mm-hmm. demise and how that will impact uh, those of us of faith and, and our liberties and in the United States. Yeah, it will. And certainly want to make sure everybody listens in next week. That's our carathon. We're looking forward yeah. to that yeah. week. Also, um, it will. We look forward to your support and your prayers That's for right. our station and our messages. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, the carathon is where you give us money. Right, so <laughs> so we can keep this uh, radio station. Uh, you know, it costs a lot to run a radio station. It does, and I would encourage everyone who saves a little cash on their prayer and fasting, mostly the yes, fasting to, part today. Today is prayer. To maybe and save up day. that um, their their meal money from today to uh, contribute next week. Right. And uh, as long as we're talking about prayer and fasting, why are we prayer and fasting? You have the information. I do. It's a day of prayer and fasting. Um, uh, on behalf of God's mercy for our nation and the divisiveness um, that has occurred. And uh, Father Ricardo, a contributor to the station for sure, and EWTN, uh, and his new organization have uh, brought this event to light. And in bringing this event to light, they highlighted um, a day of prayer and fasting three times. Our President Abraham Lincoln asked the nation on behalf of Congress and all the executive branches to uh, invoke a day of prayer and, fast, prayer and fasting um, it, just before the Civil War. Civil right? War, in yeah, that, he would have been Civil War. Uh, at his urging, um, and the, supported the, by both houses of Congress. And there was certainly a division in the country then. There yeah. was, <laughs> right. He called on the entire nation to fast and pray, and all men and women of goodwill were invited um, to uh, help heal the country in tumultuous days. Sound familiar? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Right. We, yeah, so, and we're getting divided almost like we were during the Civil War. The, the difference is, of course, the division is uh, spread and stirred among us as opposed to uh, Civil War times when there was usually a border of the Mason-Dixon line. People on one side were below it. People on the other side were above it. Um, and... Um, uh, very different yeah, views very of their different country. Views of their mm-hmm. country, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, some of them didn't have views of country. You got to remember, for the Civil War, this concept of nationalism uh, didn't exist like it does now. People were loyal to their state, not necessarily to the country, and that's why so many of the great uh, um, military figures 
left the Union, uh, Robert E. Lee, for example, was offered the command of Union forces, and he said no. Why did he say no? Because he was from Virginia, and his state was succeeding. Yeah. And he wanted to defend his state. His state, yeah. Rather yeah. than get yeah. involved in everybody else's. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what a lot of it was. That's what a lot of it was. So there, uh, uh, there wasn't... There wasn't the loyalty to the nation as we think of it today. There was a certain amount of loyalty, obviously, but uh, the state was primary. People were residents or were citizens of Delaware, Pennsylvania, Virginia, or whatever. And, uh, of course, that, if you remember back at the during the um, uh, Continental Congresses, you know, the states were fighting one another because they all had specific interests. And that carried out. What was the Civil War, you know? Um, 80 years later? Sure. You know, yeah. So, sure. yeah. And I'm sure there was a lot of financial mm-hmm. motivation in these uh, allegiances. Yeah, and of course, all the financing was in the North. You know, they, it was the industrial strength of the North. Oh, they had more money yeah. than the yeah. farming. The f- well, the, the farming the, the, communities and, and uh, agriculture in the South, you know, a lot of that was based on exporting. Okay. And so. And that's how it happened. Yeah, I'm not a great historian, so we'll have to have somebody in someday. Maybe no, after you we do, get you did a very after, good after, job. after we get through the uh, the election here. Some, yes, you do. But, and I want to mm-hmm. remind everyone, starting tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Wells Fargo Arena here in Des Moines, and and virtually you can attend Christ Our Life Conference. Mm-hmm, uh, there's right, wonderful speakers, a uh, variety of masses and activities and songs and prayer throughout the entire weekend. So. Um, if you just Google Christ Our Life Iowa, you'll find all the information. Yeah, and, and I think it's on the website. I think it You're is, at, too, yeah. Um, and you can get Catholic. tickets, and you can go online. You online. can get tickets yes. for online and all yes. that, too. All right, and then next week, of course, we have the first presidential debate. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for the weigh-in. <laughs> I'm going to have some popcorn ready. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Do you have a prayer to begin? Oh, shoot. I certainly do, you. and I should have had it ready. Um It's a prayer for peace. Hold on a second. Here it is. Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of peace, bring your peace to our violent world. Peace in the hearts of all men and women and peace among the nations of the earth. Turn your way of love to those whose hearts and minds are consumed with hatred. Strengthen us in hope and give us the wisdom and courage to work tirelessly for a world where true peace and love reign among nations and in the hearts of all. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. And we will return in a few minutes. When we come back, we will have Martin Cannon from the Thomas More Society talking about the recent Supreme Court vacancy. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not. Each year, Blessment International leads Central Iowans on a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at BlessmanInternational.org. That's BlessmanInternational.org. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family-owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full-service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at BigRedQ-DesMoines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. 
Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports on Iowa Catholic Radio is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic. With two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Craig Harper, the Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at 60th Street and Ashworth in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, online at ashworthvision.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. And we're back. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Right now is Martin Cannon from the Thomas More Society. Martin, how are you doing this morning? Very, very good. Thank you. You, uh, I guess, are pretty busy right now um, with uh, looking at what's going on in the Supreme Court and who might get appointed and whatever. So, absolutely, uh, I'm, I'm sure the Thomas More Society is very interested in what may happen here. Let's uh, let's just uh, for people that don't know, let's just kind of go through the civics of it. What happens? There's a vacancy in the Supreme Court. How does that get filled? And uh, what do we expect the arguments one way or another to be? Well, of course, it gets filled when the president nominates a person to the to the court, and that person then is uh, uh, appears before the Senate Judiciary Committee, which is composed of Democrats and Republicans, and uh, uh, hopefully clears that committee and then gets voted on uh, 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 in order to make it or not make it onto the bench. So, uh, uh, highly, highly pol- political thing these days. It uh, didn't used to be, and it shouldn't be, but it has become a circus for reasons probably beyond the scope of this call. The, the court has become political uh, because it made itself political, and so that's, that's why we burn more political capital on a Supreme Court seat than we do maybe on the presidency. But uh, anyway, what's going to happen here is that the the president is going to nominate someone. There's going to be a lot of pushback because it's so close to an election, uh, and there's going to be a lot of uh, accusations of hypocrisy and so forth because the shoe's kind of been on the other foot before. But mostly they're going to look at the uh, religious aspect of the nominee. And there's been a lot of talk about Amy Coney Barrett, and she's a religious Catholic. Uh, And the the left is already starting to to lambast her over that and try to make her into some kind of Hitler. But 
I, al- uh, I also noticed that um, Allison Jones Rushing's name was brought forward, and she was being attacked for an internship she held with the uh, Alliance Defending, Defending Freedom. Freedom, right? Which usually is an organization that protects religious liberties. Right, we've had a number of their attorneys on here before, yep. too. Yeah, yep. It's a good outfit, and the um, uh, same kind of thing. If your associations, uh, good grief, uh, uh, who was it that was criticized by by the left for belonging to the Knights of Columbus? Uh, yeah, a, a judge in, uh, I think it was a, a, a candidate for a judgeship. I think it's been conf- he's been confirmed now in uh, Nebraska. Yep. Yeah, that was it. It was Steve Graz, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing is, it's easy to look at recent Supreme Court case law and think religious freedom has been doing okay uh, under the court in the last several years, 10 years or so, and that maybe Justice Ginsburg's replacement isn't so critical to that issue. But I think that misunderstands the history, uh, the recent history. So if you, if you, if I can just go through a little sure a that's little what bit i'd like to do here. right mm-hmm. fairly important several years ago uh, there was a case, Hosanna Tabor Lutheran School, right. uh, in which the Supreme Court unanimously, including Justice Ginsburg, ruled that the court could, or I mean, I'm sorry, the school could uh, basically discriminate in hiring uh, only staff members of its own religion, in that case, Lutheran. Um, but it was because the teachers in question were ministers. And, and it was a unanimous decision. Very recently, just I think this last session in the in Our Lady of Guadalupe case, essentially the same question came up in a Catholic setting, and the ruling was seven to two. Religious freedom still won, but but Justice Ginsburg dissented. And the reason for the for the disagreement there was that in this case, the Catholic lay teachers, and of course Catholic schools use a lot of them, uh, were not officially ministers, as they had been in the Lutheran school case. So Justice Ginsburg left us over an insignificant distinction between a technically ordained minister and a lay Catholic teacher. Right, and I thought the majority opinion uh, laid that out um, fairly uh, easily to to understand, and that was that the Catholic Church, we don't use... Uh, the title minister loosely like a lot of other religions do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so uh, there's been a long-standing exception called the ministerial exception, mm-hmm. which interestingly enough is not really related to being an actual minister. <laughs> but uh, uh, in any event, Justice Ginsburg kind of left us on, on that issue. Then go to the go to the Jack Phillips case. This was a pretty clear case of forced expression. Mm-hmm. And, and That's uh, the cake Baker in Colorado. Masterpiece cake right. shot, yeah. And the Supreme Court ruled 7-2 to two again with Ginsburg dissenting that, uh, that the Colorado uh, agency had gone awry because it was plainly hostile toward his religion. And that didn't seem to bother Justice Ginsburg. She has generally been hostile to freedom of religion claims. Then you have the NIFLA case uh, in which California required uh, pregnancy resource centers to direct patients actually to abortion providers, uh, to, to not, not to directly send them that way, but to at least provide the information that if you want to have an abortion, here's a name, here's a number down the street. That was also a forced expression, First Amendment, freedom of speech type of case, and we won it only by five to four. Again, Ginsburg in, in the dissent. 
so the the big picture here is this under current uh, Supreme Court case law, freedom of religion cases are harder to litigate than freedom of speech cases, even though they both derive from the same First Amendment. Uh, the, the rule, uh, it's not a very old rule either, uh, is that neutral and generally applicable laws uh, can burden religion, and they are presumptively constitutional. Now, interestingly, the Supreme Court uh, on, a, on a case coming out of Philadelphia regarding Catholic social services uh, 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 not referring uh, gay couples for adoption, uh, the, the Supreme Court has agreed to reconsider that issue. The, 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 uh, uh, the rule that I just pointed out, right. that, that the neutral and generally applicable laws can burden religion, they're still presumptively constitutional. The court has agreed to rehear that issue. Now, will they rehear without that without Justice Ginsburg? Will they rehear that in their um, October re, re going into session in October? I'm not actually sure when it's going to be heard. Okay, but but the key thing is that Ginsburg has been the consistently anti-religious freedom justice, and her replacement will likely have opposite uh, scruples. <laughs> right. So I think it's a big deal. So yes, we've been doing pretty well uh, on religious freedom issues, but but Ginsburg has been the the, the you know the the drag on that progress, and her replacement will I, I'm sure not not give us that problem. So I think things are looking up. We just need to get it done. Well, it's interesting uh, the history that you gave us here from uh, Hosanna Tabor on down. How closer the cases became the the call. In, 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 in the Tabor case was unanimous. Now it's down to five four, yep. which uh, of course, uh, without uh, Ginsburg, um, I guess it would be five three if she wasn't uh, if the same case sure. came up today. But yep. still, or, it's uh, or it's, six three. Yeah, it, it's still <laughs> getting it's still getting close. Yep. It's still getting too close for us, and it's a shame that uh, f- the religious freedom argument isn't uh, better honored uh, around the country, but yeah. apparently it's not, especially in a lot of legal services. I read a lot of these cases, too, that come through. Yeah. And I know the Philadelphia case that's coming up is an interesting one, uh, simply the way that the, the city of Philadelphia handled the matter. Yeah. So, And I think it's important for your listeners to understand that freedom of religion and freedom of speech are essentially the same freedom, at least as far as you, as far as the First Amendment con- is concerned. The uh, the First Amendment actually mentions and, and addresses itself to freedom of religion first. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the first freedom. It's the first freedom, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it 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 shouldn't take second seat to freedom of speech. And yet, that rule that makes freedom of religion cases harder to litigate uh, is actually a product of Justice Scalia's. Uh, 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 jurisprudence and his integrity. Uh, it it there's a certain sense to the idea that that uh, neutral laws that are not directed at religion can affect religion, uh, and that and they aren't necessarily constitutionally suspect. Uh, and that's all Scalia was saying. You know, if my religion says that I I don't want to have fire escapes on my 10-story apartment building. Uh, you can imagine that the law that generally requires fire escapes on buildings could apply to that, and my religion has to take a second seat. 
it's it, uh, it's only generally that w- when 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 the government is hostile toward religion or or impacts your religion in improper ways that we get relief. Interestingly, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act federally and and its state counterparts goes a step further and says that in, in this is a rough paraphrase. Even a neutral law that substantially burdens religion uh, can be struck down. We don't have those in all states. We we have the federal one, and it's a it's a an important law, and and it it's there for a reason. But uh, but it's not the the real solution. The solution is good jurisprudence out of the Supreme Court protecting our constitutional right. Let's take a look at some of the candidates that uh, are being bandied about. I guess. Uh, Amy uh, Coney Barrett is uh, the leading candidate, but there's a judge from Florida. There's a couple others uh, that uh, have been named. Uh, do you have any background on any of them that you can fill us in with a little bit? I really don't. The Thomas More Society has been in, engaged in uh, kind of vetting those people and and contributing to the list that President Trump used, but that isn't something I've been involved with. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with, with Judge Barrett, just like everyone else is, from you know looking at her uh, news stories and her bio and, and having her some familiar... dog lives loud within you. Yes, her yeah. dog lives <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I've heard that phrase at least 50 times in yes. the last 48 hours. Lives loud within you, mm-hmm. as though the, the liberals' dogma doesn't. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just amazing. And, uh, uh, and the idea that a religious person can't be on the bench is preposterous. Uh, we are a religious nation. This is why we have rules that say a judge has to leave his personal feelings aside and and apply the law as the law has been has been put in place. So uh, uh, those rules that say a judge needs to leave things aside presuppose that the judge has things to leave aside. I, I I can't help but see the irony in a woman who follows the rules of her faith has such a strong respect for rules and the mm-hmm. letter of the law that that isn't seen as a, as a a bonus or a um, positive characteristic of her skills. I think it's an unintended admission by the left that they are not very good at doing that themselves. <laughs> If I'm a person who lies all the time, I'll be the first person to suspect another one of lying. Exactly. And my experience is just very substantial. Litigating cases in courtrooms relating to religion and abortion is that the the judges on the right are pretty good at just looking past all this stuff and, and applying the law. And the judges on the left can't seem to do it. If your case is going to go off the rails in a big way just because of the issue involved, it's going to be at the hands of a liberal judge. So, And we see it in Congress and in the, and in the House of Representatives and, and Senate. Uh, the left can't put these things aside. Well, they, they seem to have tolerance only for people that share their views. Right. And if you don't, you're bad and you lose. doesn't matter what the, what the merits of the argument are. And, and that's what we're seeing when Dianne Feinstein objects and doesn't trust Amy Barrett because she's a you know devout Catholic. It's because you can't trust Diane Feinstein to be impartial either. 
very interesting observation. So you've brought up abortion, and I've heard many newscasters or commentators talk about um, the fight for this, keeping this seat open until after the election, um, based on the fact that um, the biggest issue is abortion. Um, their their biggest fear is that the newest uh, appointee will overturn Roe v. Wade. Uh, what they fail to point out is that if it were turned over, if that actually happened, we would still be in a battle because each of the states has oh, yeah. their own um, jurisdiction at that point. Um, uh, how do you see, I guess my question is ab- about the timing of the appointment, the timing of the votes, um, and is is it affect, it, will it affect um women's rights to abortion in this country? Well, I think it it may affect, let's talk about the timing first. You might remember at the tail end of Obama's term, uh, he appointed, he nominated uh, Merrick Garland to fill uh, Justice Scalia's seat, I believe it was. Uh, And of course, Mitch McConnell wouldn't allow that to go forward, and the argument was, well, we're too close to an election. Uh, Now the shoe is on the other foot, and McConnell's response to accusations of hypocrisy is that in this case we have the executive branch and the senate are controlled by the same party and in justice garland's case they were not i i don't really know what the significance of that distinction is supposed to be but it's it's the one you're gonna hear (laughs) right i yeah they're, they're all flip-flopped, right? They, what they said before does not apply to that now. Yeah, and, and, and maybe there's, maybe there's some, some substance to that distinction. I'm, I, I've just not, never heard it explained to me. I can imagine it, but I'd be speculating. Uh, the bigger deal probably is that Senate protocols are not as important as the Constitution, and the Constitution gives the right and arguably the duty to the president to nominate a successor when he's in power. Uh, nothing in the Constitution says you you stand down because it's close to an election. So I think the better argument is that this is Trump's prerogative if he wants to do it, and the stakes are so high that he should. Now, in the old days, the stakes wouldn't be that high. You could nominate a good justice who would call the balls and strikes, and then you could forget about him and go back to your work. But but that's not true anymore. So that's why it's it's Trump's duty to get this done practically at all costs. Well, and I think there's another reason here, too, and that's uh, the way the election is shaping up uh, with all these mail-in ballots and um, uh, unsolicited ballots going out and coming back. We just had a couple of courts extend the deadline for receiving those things. I think in Washington State it was up to uh, 14 days after the election. We're going to have some serious litigation coming out of some of these states, and uh, we certainly don't want to 4-4 uh, division on the Supreme Court when they finally reach the Supreme Court. Right, right. And you, you just wonder, you know, you used to be able to go to bed at night on the on election night knowing who won, mm-hmm. or at the very least get it in the morning when you wake up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, with all the mail-in stuff, I just don't see that. And um, so it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get ugly. We seem to be losing our social order uh, at the hands of of thugs and and on account of rank ignorance and uh, so it might get worse before it gets better but but as far as the next part of your question what effect does it have on on abortion rights if roe is reversed it does just toss it back to the states and uh, it but it doesn't toss it only to the states it tosses it to legislatures generally 
abortion is largely a states' rights issue at this point because Roe took took the matter away from state legislatures, but it also took it away from the federal legislature. So if we if we go back to to pre-Roe and all the states have their own rights to to pass laws on this, we're going to get a patchwork. You know, states on the you know the east and west coasts are going to be passing laws that allow abortion, and the Bible Belt and the Midwest are going to be passing laws that don't. And when there's enough conflict between the laws of the states, of course, that's that creates a fertile ground for Congress to get involved. And there would be nothing necessarily inappropriate about Congress passing a law of nationwide application pertaining to abortion, and Roe would free that up also. Very and of course, wh- what do what do we get when we do that? <laughs> uh, maybe it depends on whether we add a few states to the union, like Washington D.C. and 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 a couple others that are getting bannered Samoa around. And Guam, sure. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it also depends on whether we're doing vote by mail ballots and things. That's why the left is so intent on doing everything possible to bolster its roles. You know, whether it's you know, immigration or statehood, uh, it's just its just amazing. We are, I'm always remember, reminded of, of uh, I think it was Ben Franklin's line that, that at least is attributed to him, uh, that we've, we've designed a republic if we can if keep it. If we can it. keep it. <laughs> and we're going to have to leave it there. We're out of time. But we're going to have to get you back sometime. Talk about the constitutionality of statehood for the District of Columbia, because I think uh, that would run into some legal challenges yeah. there, too. But we'll, we'll, we'll leave that one up in the air for, for a later date. Martin, thank you for joining us. We certainly appreciate it. That's Martin Cannon from the Thomas More Society, and uh, you're listening to Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio. We will be right back after these messages. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family-owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full-service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, Manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at BigRedQ-DesMoines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports on Iowa Catholic Radio is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic. 
With two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Craig Harper, the Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at 60th Street and Ashworth in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, online at ashworthvision.com. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des DesMoines-DentalAssociates.com. Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. We have a stationary front and low pressure to our north, but that won't bring us any rain today, although the wind may be a little bit gusty. Our high around 83 and sunny. Overnight looks clear, down to 60, and then a windy day coming up tomorrow with plenty of sunshine and a few degrees warmer, 86. The weather is brought to you by Divine Treasures, a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community for over 25 years. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio. Hey, we're back. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. And with us right now is Mike Gonzalez, a senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Mike, how are you this morning? Hi, uh, Deacon Mike. Thank you very much. Last week, uh, I guess we lost you because you had to be at the White House uh, <laughs> for a meeting. Um, I, I take it uh, the president didn't ask about us, did he? Uh, well, in a way, he did, metaphorically. I had to go. I was invited uh, by the White House to attend his speech at the uh, at the National Archives on Constitution Day oh. uh, when he uh, spoke about American exceptionalism and uh, and the need to return to a, 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 an under, a better understanding of the country's history. Uh, so he was uh, flanked by the Declaration and the Bill of Rights, and right behind them was the Constitution. It was a really uh, it was a very touching moment. Inspiring. Uh, yeah, I was about one of twenty to to be invited. I was very happy to. I'm sorry, I had to uh, to postpone. Oh, that's all right. We uh, we'll give a pass to the president. <laughs> it all worked out. <laughs> yeah, it all worked out. <laughs> very good. Uh, I want to talk about this uh, concept of critical race theory and uh, what it's doing to our country today. And maybe for the uh, listeners that don't know what critical race theory is, and there's probably as many. Uh, suggestions out there of what it might be as there are people. Uh, why don't you kind of define it for us, if you can, and, and explain how it leads into what we're going through today. Sure. I, I devote an entire chapter to critical theory in my book, The Plot to Change America. So if anybody wants to understand it, it is, it is a very clear. It's a long chapter. It's the longest chapter in my the, book. The Plot to Change America, Identity yeah. Politics is Dividing the Land of the Free is the full name of the book. And you can get it. Yeah. I know it's on Amazon now. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's doing well. And uh, I'm, I, I, I can always know if I want to announce it, but I'm very likely to have, to have a Spanish edition come out. Oh, good. But it's not, it's not uh, soup yet. Um, so, I, so critical theory, uh, critical race theory is an offshoot, it's a spin-off of critical theory. Critical theory is the enemy here. Critical theory goes back to 1937 to a, a manifesto by the Frankfurt School's uh, second director, Max Horkheimer, who wrote uh, a book, uh, a, an essay called um, Critical Theory and Traditional Theory. Traditional theory, he, he wrote, was, was uh, too dependent on truth, 
on objectivity. Uh, critical theory uh, posited that objectivity was not possible and that uh, truth is, you know, that what you have is narratives rather than truth, right? You have competing narratives, and it is the job of the left to impose its narrative over the hegemonic narrative uh, of the West. That uh, term hegemonic narrative went back to uh, Antonio Gramsci, who was the founder of the Italian Communist Party, mm-hmm. uh, who, who said the worker would never rise, uh, as, as Marx had promised, to, to overthrow capitalism because the worker had accepted uh, the, the, the economic system, uh, the family structure, the religion, and the nation state. Cultural Marxism. So you, yes, cultural Marxism. That's mm-hmm. right, sir. Uh, so critical theory, it amounts then to, it, it's the tool to do that. It's an unremitting attack on everything we believe, especially religion. Uh, it, it's, it's actually, it, it goes back to the man who said God is dead. It goes back to Nietzsche. Nietzsche was the first person to write, well, not really the first, but really the one who put it best when he said that there is no good or bad, right? That the good or bad is what the master class considered beautiful or considered flawed and ugly, and that the master class had a right to, to rule over us, and that what, whatever they want, the master class wants, is what, is what then becomes the concept of good and evil. As we know, we Christians, <laughs> that, that goes to the heart Exactly of, of who we are. Right. It, it denies the, the very the very dogma of our church, which is there are there is such a thing as good and evil. Uh, so critical theory departs from that. Then you have all the offshoots: critical legal theory, critical race theory, all the all the ethnic studies department. Angela Davis, the communist uh, former Black Panther uh, member who spent time in prison, who's very influential today, she has made the case uh, that. Uh, that Af- uh, black studies are the intellectual arms of the revolution. And she has the point. This is how you change America. That's why I call my book The Plot to Change America. So I don't know if I've explained correctly. No, you, I, I, no, you have, especially going back to Gramsci and uh, the cultural hegemony uh, that was started back then, uh, or that was, I guess, articulated back then. The, uh, uh, the question I have now that we kind of understand what this cultural race theory is about is how is that affecting us today and is that uh, moving into the like the black lives matter movement and things like that so it's critical theory a uh, critical theory critical race theory is just an offshoot uh critical theory is being taught at all levels of the university yeah in fact if you graduate uh if you aim to graduate from the california state uh, university system uh from next year you will have to take ethnic studies Ethnic studies is another spin-off of critical theory. It's, as I said, it is the, 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 the unremitting attack on everything, not just God and religion, but the, the, the family, which Engels called the patriarchal family, the economic system, the idea of a nation-state, all these things. It's just, just an unremitting attack on that. Uh, and it's being, if, if, if any of you listeners who are in university, I am almost 100% sure that they're taking something, at least one class, that is in critical theory, uh, anything with the, the name studies in it, uh, and it, or if your children are, are going to university, they're taking it, and of course it informs, uh, it, I think that the epitome of it is the 1619 Project by the New York Times, which is a naked attempt <laughs> to replace the truth of, of our history with a competing narrative. Uh, now they're going back on it, and they, they're scrubbing uh, Twitter accounts and all that, because they realize that, that, you know, we're calling them out on it. Everybody's, it's, everybody's being very critical on both the left and the right of what, this, of what the New York Times has tried to do. Black Lives Matter 
um, well, the, the three founders of the Black Lives Matter organizations, right? And I want to make a distinction here for your listeners between the sentiment that Black Lives Matter, of course, Black Lives Matter as sure. Americans and as, and as Christians, we believe that the, 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 the lives of our black brothers and sisters are very dear to us, matter intensely. No doubt. The, no argument here. Exactly. It's the organizations that I'm, I'm speaking about. Uh, the, the, the three founders of these organizations, uh, Alicia Garza, Patrice Coulors, and Opal Tometi, uh, all claim uh, that their main mentor is Angela Davis. Angela Davis, and, and you have to listen to, to, to Alicia Garza in, a, in an inter- in a TV inter- uh, interview on Democracy Today, and Democracy Now!, with Angela Davis, how effusive she is about what Angela Davis has meant to her, how she has read all her books, etc. Uh, Angela Davis was a, a direct disciple of Herbert Marcuse. She, she took classes from Herbert Marcuse. Herbert Marcuse was in, in, the, in the school that I just referred to, the Frankfurt, Frankfurt School. school. Right. Yes. And, and now, they migrated were, to the eastern part of the United States, didn't they? They, they were from Germany. They, were, they started in Frankfurt. Uh, Horkheimer, who, who invented the, the concept of critical theory, Marcuse was his assistant. Right? So you have a direct linkage between exactly. Horkheimer, Marcuse, Angela Davis, and the founders of the Black Lives Matter organizations. Uh, yes, they, they were in Frankfurt then in, uh, in the 1930s to escape the Third Reich, as, all, as everybody wanted to do. They came to Columbia University, which offered them uh, a, 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 you know, a place from where, you know, a, 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 you know, a offices. Right. Uh, but then Marcuse, very importantly, went to California. And he, because in, in, in That's Horkheimer, what's wrong with I, California these days, then, huh? <laughs> Adorno. They all went to California because they realized, they're cultural Marxists. As you said, Deacon Mike, the cultural Marxists, they realized that the, the action was in Hollywood. So they went there, and, and, and Marcuse taught it in, at, at universities in Southern California. Uh, so so the, the, the linkage here is direct. Now then, what is the aim doing all of this and involving themselves in Black Lives Matter and whatever other organizations there are out there? What is the ultimate aim that they are after? Okay, so I want to be very clear on this because we all have to understand this. They want to change our constitutional order. And that's constitutional with a, the big C, as in the Constitution of 87, written by the framers, and with a small C in the Aristotelian uh, Thomistic way of the way things work in our society. Uh, their point that, that we're systemically racist and structurally racist and, and institutionally racist aims to change all the institutions, all the structures, and of course the very systems as to being the word for, for, the way everything, for the way everything works. I just visited, uh, in the last uh, month, I visited Duke, I visited uh, UNC, Chapel Hill. Uh, at Duke, uh, they're getting busy getting rid of all the sororities. I asked the students why. They said because of the, the linkage with, with repression. Uh, at Columbia, they have gotten rid of the marching band because of its linkage <laughs> with repression. I saw that. At the University of Chicago, the English department, they're only going to accept for the next year people who want to take black studies. Which so that's it. That's the only thing. The University of Chicago, a very very serious, very good university. If you want to study Shakespeare or you want to study anything else, you you will not be accepted. You have to study the area that Angela Davis calls the intellectual arm of the revolution. They're changing all aspects of our society, and we have to understand this. 
So usually when these kinds of large movements are taking place, there's an amount of money that is behind. There's usually some organization or individual with um, the resources to be able to manufacture these changes and manipulate these organizations. Where Where is the money coming from for these changes? They have all the money in the world because they're, they're given money by, by the tight uh, center. They're given money by Thousand Currents. They're given money by, by the Open Society that belongs to, to George Soros. They, they're given money by the Fortune 500, the Fortune 500 corporations that are now tr- desperate trying to prove the good intentions of Virtue Signal and thus give money to Black Lives Showing Matter. Showing their wokeness. Now, right, exactly. But now, because a lot of people like me are incessantly writing the truth and speaking the truth, they, there's been a drop in, in the support, a very visible, if you go to Pew, a very visible drop in the support for these organizations. Uh, and, of course, as, as all Marxists do, they have put a, a, a name that is unimpeachable, Black Lives Matter, and, and you have to be constantly drawing the distinction between these organizations, what they try to do, who the founders are, how, you know, this video of Opal Tometi and, 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 and Patrice Couleur's chanting, we, we, we have nothing to lose but our chains, which obviously words not written by Disney, but by Karl Marx in the Communist Manifesto. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have to get the truth out on all this. Uh, but they'd have all the money. Just this week, I wrote, uh, actually last week, and this week I've been writing about how one of the, the ventures of Alicia Garza is a fiscally sponsored project of a pro-China group in San Francisco, and people say, well, there might be funding there. I don't know that there's funding there, but to me the important thing here is the ideological overlap with Maoists. Uh, the, again, showing the ideology of the, of the founders and the ideology of the, of the organizations. These organizations have a lot of money coming from the U.S. itself. Yeah, uh, the uh, article you're referring to is uh, the uh, caption is, is uh, Beijing funding riots in America. It's time to investigate. And I think that's on the Heritage website, is it not? Yes, and there's also fact-checking the fact-checkers in which uh, the New York Times had a hit piece on me, and I explain how, what, what, the, what the genesis of this group is, how the New York Times has covered for communists in the Soviet Union in the 30s, in Cuba in, in, the, in the 1950s, and it's now trying to cover the, the, the Marxist, the very, very evident Marxist origins of these organizations and their founders. I don't know why the media would do this. You would imagine if you had a group destabilizing society all summer, the media would be trying to find out what its, its ideolo- ideological underpinnings and roots are. But that is not what we're seeing. No, I think it's we because the they think uh, it's going to affect the uh, election, uh, kind of the, in the direction that they want it to go. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get into politics in that sense. I get, I'm, I'm more into policy right. and, and, and into what's happening in this country. But look, uh, the, the founders protected free speech for a reason. They understood that democracy needs free speech. Right. We, need, we need, you know, the, 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 the light being shed on all the things that are happening. So with the growth of these movements, uh, what is the effect of, on people of faith or organized religion in the United States? Look, uh, the... the our, our, our natural right to our freedom of conscience is is directly threatened. Okay, this is this is has to be understood. We thank the Lord we don't have a, a, a you know a religion in this country. We don't have a, uh, a, 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 a institutionalized religion. That's why religion thrives here, unlike in Europe. 
Uh, we need to have the right to practice our faith, whatever our faith happens to be. I happen to be a Roman Catholic, I try, you know, which I try to practice daily. Uh, and, and we need to understand that these ideologies, because of, the, because of their nihilism, because of their moral, moral relativism, are a direct threat to what we believe. Uh, all I can say is if the New York Times is attacking him, he's my hero now. Yes. <laughs> Very good. The May book, God bless you in your faith that's also. That's right. And the book is The Plot to Change America, How Identity Politics is Dividing the Land of the Free. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time now, Mike, but we want to thank you for joining us. And we're going to have you back again because this conversation can go on and on I have on learned a lot. Yes, yes, thank you. Yes. Michael, thank you. Mike Gonzalez from the Senior Fellow at the Heritage Foundation. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio, and we will be right back after these messages. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq des Moines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports on Iowa Catholic Radio is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic. With two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Craig Harper, the Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at 60th Street and Ashworth in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, online at ashworthvision.com. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. Information about Pharmatan and other products at ImogeneIngredients.com. Paul and Paul are members of St. Augustine's Knights of Columbus and encourage their brother knights to keep standing for their faith. 
And you're listening to Faith on Trial on Island Catholic Radio, and uh, we're back. Yes, yes. yes. An interesting program. Now, we're talking about, uh, with Mike Gonzalez here. Uh, I just wanted to mention something. EWTN, several years ago, ran a... Uh, a, a documentary. I think it was called A Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. Mm-hmm. And that covered a lot of this stuff about uh, Antonio Gramsci, about cultural hegemony, and all this stuff. If you can get a hold of a copy of that, it might be worth listening. I know I we want had, to say it's on YouTube, actually. We, we had them on, the, the producers, we had them on the program when that first mm-hmm. came out. Matter of fact, we had them on a couple of times. And that program, I remember before the uh, program aired, they sent me the director's cut. And so somewhere in my <laughs> in my computer, I still have the director's cut for that. But it's it's available on a, a disc. You can you can buy it. Uh, I I call over to uh, <clears throat> Divine Treasure see if they have it or well, if they can get it for you. Well, the influence that that movement <clears throat> had on the Catholic Church and um, how they um, uh, induced that having more priests, like-minded priests, they trained young men to join the priesthood in order to build their movement. Right, right. Directly. And undermine the church. And, un- and undermine uh, the church. Well, you know. or use the members of the church uh, for their movement. Right, like Bella Dodd, you know, uh, who was converted back to Catholicism after she recruited 1,200 or so uh, men, communist men, into the uh, uh, the. Uh, Priesthood. Well, and not unlike the training that we have for our educators today, and mm-hmm. and in in the academia world. That's right. Um, indoctrinate, and then using those movements to indoctrinate our children and our and our families. Uh, very interesting show. I yeah, think yeah. the um, level, the my heart rate went up a couple of times as we talk about some of these. Some, uh, some of these things, yeah, and they should. It should. You know, these are important matters. You know, the Supreme Court and religious freedom and uh, what's going on to undermine the nation today. I think they're important These things. Movements. And, but uh, yeah. We have a movement. I want to remind everybody that today is a day of prayer and fasting for the mercy of God on our nation and all the term- turmoil. And I wanted to remind people of something else, too. Coming up on October 10th, and we will talk about this more later, uh, at 12 noon outside of uh, St. Augustine Church at 42nd and Grand, we're going to have a public rosary. The public rosary is going to be for our church, our nation, our families, uh, but it falls right in with what we've been talking about here today, that, um, you know, we need we need God's help to get through this. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And no better weapon than the Our rosary. Lady's Rosary. That's right. 59 beads and a little crucifix. And 20 minutes of your time. That's right. That That's right. Very powerful. Well, very we had a, we did have a good uh, show today. I thought Martin Cannon was, was very good. Obviously, was well prepared for what we want to talk to him about. But those guys do that all the time. So uh, they should be. And I would suggest our listeners stay tuned over the next uh, few weeks as we do our show live. New news will come to the surface right. that will affect um, our faith with this nomination of a Supreme Court justice. And I think our shows will be very interesting from that perspective. I think so, too. I think so, too. So we're almost about out of time here, so let's close with our prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. Well, that's it for today. For Gene and myself, thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Until then, have a blessed and peaceful week. 
Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano. Faith on Trial, Thursdays at 10 a.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio, iowacatholicradio.com, and the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imaging Ingredients.